Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 56 of the Fitness Devil Podcast. Today we brought on the founders of Stronger You, Mike Dola and Mike Alessi. Maybe you've heard of these guys, they're doing some pretty incredible things in the industry and we're going to get into a discussion about how Stronger You works, their unique vision behind creating it, how they hate the word macros and why, how they built a business on the premise of an, of an anti-diet and how they sell long-term sustainable in a sea of fast and easy. It's a really great episode. These guys are super fun and it gets pretty ranty towards the end. So stick around for this one. Enjoy. Shut up and sit down. everyone when we prepared for this one i sort of realized that we're bringing two guests on the both their names are mike so we'll try to figure out letting you guys know who is who uh we've got mike dola and mike alessi the co-founders of stronger you and uh well we're really glad to have you guys on so welcome would you guys each say something and introduce yourselves so that way we get used to your voices the audience can tell you guys apart Hey guys, I'm Mike Dola. Happy to be here. Friends with these guys for a little while now and just excited to BS for a little while. I'm Mike Alessi. I'm the other Mike on this <laughs> side of the operation. I'm kind of the behind the scenes guy. I uh, do a lot of business operations, uh, installing processes in the business and just uh, helping make this a better place for all our customers and coaches. You're like the Harry Potter, like well, get the he's, stairs. he's like the Michael Keeler to Mark Fisher and the Pete Dupuis to Eric Cressy. Is that a good analogy? He's that's right. Yeah, I would. Uh, he does the stuff that's not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. It's fun to him. Right. That's right. That's all that matters. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's let's actually go right at this. So would you guys actually describe how Stronger You works, the unique vision behind creating the business uh, and why it's worked and flourished? Yeah. So a while back now, probably. A little over three and a half years is when I got the idea to do this. And it was pretty much the – I tried to think of all the way – or all the reasons people fail diets and do the opposite. Um, just give them flexibility. Give them great customer service. Give them support. Make the experience overall amazing. And when I was looking around, I didn't really see it. And I'm not you know, not calling anybody out. But I think uh, service and just – Dieting in general for people is just it's it's really hard to find and I wanted to just make what I thought was the perfect packaged style of eating and just improving every part of someone's life. Yeah, and I think when when you started it, there was a lot of like, here's what to do to reach a particular goal. And there wasn't enough of how you actually get these individuals to, to do it and adhere. And I think that's kind of like our secret sauce is where. Mike put together this type of relationship with his clients that he was able to get them to adhere to a program and think less about the minor things, more about the major things. And as they started progressing through the program, they've seen some awesome results. And how did you kind of get to that conclusion? Because like, this wasn't like, this was basically a side gig. Like you're probably sitting on the toilet at work. Like, ah, how do I, like, how do you come to the conclusion that you need to do it better? And how did you kind of come to that? Cause like there's, I would say there's not that much out there on how to be good at this shit. Right. Just so how you I did was, it. I was training people out of my garage. So my start in the industry was actually training people, but it wasn't really working out well because I was training them in my cold ass garage in New York. 
But I realized that nutrition was the thing that people needed. Like all these people were going to get good results if they worked out and ate better. So it didn't really matter that they were coming to me if they weren't going to eat better. So that wasn't working out. I was still working full time. So I was just that dude talking on Facebook and Instagram and saying like what I knew, what I could do. And I didn't even officially like want, I didn't even know I was going to do it, but I had one person say, Hey, I'll hire you for nutrition. Then I was like, Oh shit, this is a thing. Let me, let me roll with this. Let me put into place everything I know and give her that and see what happens. And that basically, like how did it spiral to, I guess, I'm not going to call it shit shit, but like the, it spiraled out of control. Like you have 50 employees at this point. You have <laughs> Alessi on board. Like how did that whole process start off with? Cause it's, it's an interesting story and I don't know if a lot of our listeners have heard it. it dude, it was like, it was the most accidental, accidental success story you can ever imagine. I just gave people really good service in the beginning and it was completely word of mouth and it still is. Um, we just give people exactly what they want. We make the experience enjoyable which, you know, dieting sucks, let's be honest, we make it not suck. We make people do something that they don't want to do and show them that there is hope with eating when everything else they've ever done failed them. And it is like that thing failing them. Like we take that shit personal when someone doesn't do, doesn't have success. Like, yeah, we can say, well, they didn't follow, but why didn't they, why couldn't they follow, you know? And it was really, it wasn't, and it's such a, it's a boring story, right? It's like everybody wants to know what the secret is. The secret was a good product and letting people know about it and making those people aware like of the hopeful way of eating. And they told everyone, man. And you, you aligned yourself with, you have some great people on board. So I wanted to point this out. Uh, the first I discovered Stronger You was Josh Citron, who I met I met you at the most recent, we both met you at the most recent Kansas City Fitness Summit, and I knew who you were before that, but I met Josh the previous one, so Josh and I became very fast friends. He's a really dynamic, engaging, charismatic person. I know he does a lot of speaking stuff uh, for Stronger You, and, and for good reason. So he's a very strong advocate for it, and then I met Derek Stanley, who's another friend of mine, same time, and he's another one of your coaches. Josh has done our podcast, so we've actually had three of your guys' people on the podcast. My friends Nick Sorrell and Robbie Farlow have also done appearances, and those guys are really great. They're very unique, strong voices in their own ways. Nick is very, very blunt and vocal about the things that he feels passionate about, <laughs> and and Robbie is just a oh god, he's he's a he's a character. I don't even know how to encapsulate <laughs> him in in something really quick, but he's just a genuinely good, fun, awesome, engaging person. So you've got great staff, you've got great people. I don't think that is any coincidence at all. Like, yeah, how do you? How do you get that unique dynamic and like personalities? Cause like th this is actually something that's kind of cool. It pops up every time on your Instagram. It's like, how do I get a job? You're like, we don't hire people, but you, <laughs> you do. Yeah. But then if you look at everyone, everyone's got their own unique story. Like how do, I don't know. I don't need, I don't even know if there's an answer for how those people gravitate towards you. Cause it's, it's, dude, it's, fun. it's funny. Cause when we were like, when we were getting busy, I remember going to Alessi's house and I was like, dude, I need help with a seminar and at that, or like with the PowerPoint and he helped me put it together and, he was at that point really getting a feel for what this thing was all about. Yeah. And he's like, dude, this is going to be a 50 person operation one day. And I said, dude, you're a fucking idiot. There's no <laughs> way in hell. I said, I'm not, there's no way there's that many good coaches out there. The way I'm going to have a need for that many. And he was right. And I was wrong. And thankfully so, but there's just, dude, this, this fitness circle is awesome because there's such good coaches out there, but the hardest part is getting clients. And we kind of have that part figured out. 
So we just kind of like, I always joke about it. It's like, we're trying to put together the Avengers nutrition and fitness. And <laughs> we're, we're building this amazing team of all these different individuals that have like the same knowledge and the same passion for helping people. And it's like, they have a platform now to do what they're like meant to do. And I think it was always about trying, you know, when Mike, when I said it was going to be a 50 person operation, you know, Mike, all that as I don't want to become this business that's just a coach mill. That's just, we're just putting people out there and it's diluting the product. But then when we started looking in the industry and seeing um, a lot of the talent and knowledge and experience and coaching efficacy that was out there, we're like, shit, we can just bring people on, teach them the stronger you methodology, which was very similar to what they were doing anyway. And now we have this like, crazy awesome group of different personalities we truly believe that we can help anybody that walks through our door or anybody who hasn't walked through our door yet and that's because we have the different personalities that all have different specialties and it's just now this group of smart people that can all bounce ideas off each other so the answer is always in the room they never feel like they're alone and it just has created this like kind of cool intertwining work of different uh, coaches that we've found in the industry. And there's still more out there too. Well, the weird thing is like you guys are pretty, I'm not going to say opposite. Like there's a lot of similarities, but like you guys kind of play off each other as well. And that's kind of unique in the sense that who would have known that you would have started this and then unless you would have been so good with the other shit. Like how did that even come about? <laughs> like you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, it's funny because people think that like I just hired my best friend and, and threw him into a role, but it's, it's not like that. It's, he just happened to be, me be my best friend, but he's actually perfect for the role. So we just, I man, I don't even remember like how it all went down, but I would talk to him basically just like shooting the shit, trying to get ideas. And then he started part time just helping with stuff. And then like, I mean, you can tell the story about me convincing you to quit your job. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it really just turned out like that. I was just helping a friend with a new business. Um, you know, like Mike said, I started helping him with just putting together a basic PowerPoint that he can go out to different CrossFit boxes or gyms or just speak in general to anybody about what he had going on and how he's he's able to help people. And then as he grew, you know, we brought on a couple of coaches and there started to become a need for some of the boring stuff, like he says, like some of the processes, payroll, like how do we make all this streamline? And it just kind of snowballed from there. And then there was a there was a point in time where he's like, man, I just I think you should come on full time. I need I need the help. Um, we're growing really big. At that time, I think there was only like 15 or so coaches. And was it even that many? That's maybe. Cool. Yeah, it was like either that or less. You know, we probably were at like 5,000 or 6,000 total lifetime clients. And so I quit my job. I gave up a, a good position with the company I was with. You can say uh, it. Amazon. A little it was a company named Amazon. <laughs> like a good job. <laughs> Screen. And like. uh, yeah, came on board. And now here we are with, you know, 20,000 plus lifetime clients, 50 coaches. We've got a small admin team that's growing and we're just, you know, we are where we are. And dude, it's fun as hell, man. We have such a such a good time. It's I can't even explain it. <laughs> a lot of people find your story, Dole, your story interesting because you're like, I had to, I didn't quit my job, and then I did quit my job. But like, you didn't work fucking Amazon. No, <laughs> like, that's that's kind of the cool part about the whole thing. And when I heard that, I was like, what? Like, how do you even quit Amazon? Like, I'm gonna go work at a nutrition startup. <laughs> right. Like, I had this, you know, normal everyday 
office work, right? Like human resource stuff. It was comfortable. I wasn't, you know, balling out of control or anything like that. And I was, I was content. I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't fulfilled, but it was an okay gig. The place I worked was great, but I, I did this for a year before I even had the balls to, to walk out. Well, and that kind of leads us into our next thing. I'm not going to say having balls, but a lot of people are searching for that easy thing. So like not selling, like selling the long-term sustainable in the sea of like fast and easy. Like it's easy to stay doing the same shit. How the hell did you guys pull off being successful in a business doing the exact opposite of pretty much what everyone's doing is selling that quick fix, trying to get as many clients to start up with and doing at least the amount of work for the most amount of money. Like how did you do that? You do the opposite. Yeah. I think the, um, the thing people need is like, like I said earlier is hope. And we had proof of concept at that point when we really grew. I, I know we're here today because of the very few people in the beginning that trusted me. Um, because honestly, like I wouldn't have trusted me at that time. Like I knew what I was doing, but I had no proof of it. So now it's like people kind of understand after failing over and over that this is going to take work. It's going to take patience. Everyone else out there, like, you know, in our, in our circle, like we're lucky we're around some very, very smart people. But if you just look up fat loss, man, it's, it's, it, it kills me, man. It like what people are falling victim to. So I think just giving them hope and letting them see that like, Hey, this person is like you and they did it. This is how they did it. They cut the shit and now they're finally getting the results. And I think it's, there's a, it's interesting because it's, there's all these, there's no shortage of diet out there. And yeah, everybody says like it can work, like any diet can work as long as the person's adhering. But the problem is even if somebody adheres to something that's really restrictive, like anybody can white knuckle through anything through 30 days, but then there's no game plan. There's no playbook (laughs) after that. So where it's refreshing for people is to be told straight up, like, yeah, we're not selling you quick and easy. Like it's work. But we're also going to teach you about nutrition, the thing that the component that's missing from any every other diet, you can still have the foods that you like to eat, which is a huge piece of adherence. Like you're not cutting out foods that you actually enjoy eating in lieu of chicken and broccoli or all fats, no carbs. Like it's you're, you're able to, to really be lenient with with the choices. And I think it's just the adherence piece. And people like to be told straight up like how it is like you're, you can get to this place like you can do it we're going to help you get there and then you're going to be able to carry this with you for the rest of your life. One key thing that is kind of not struck me as odd, but like kind of really made me notice. And when I tell people about it, they're like, what the hell is that when you say you're like there to help, like you're, I'm not going to say it's 24 seven, but it's pretty fucking close in terms of how you sell it. Like you're not selling, Hey, I got this weekly email and then we're going to get through all this and you're going to do it on your own. Like you're, it's almost like everyone looks at it and it's like, how do you make money doing that? But like you guys do it and it blew up. So it's kind of interesting. I remember when I first met Josh Chitron, he actually was talking about like doing client check-ins and emails, uh, like kind of on the flight. And like while he was there at this conference, he took, would take time away to make sure he was taking care of his clients. He didn't just say, okay guys, I'm, I'm gone for four days. Like just leave me alone. I'll get back to you, whatever. And yeah, there Something that sort of drives me nuts a little bit. There's a few people who do this really, really well, and they explain why they do it. But a lot of the people who do online coaching, especially nutrition, they very much restrict the access to the coach. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't believe in that. I think that you've really got to make yourself as accessible as possible to really be there for the person. Otherwise, I don't know. 
I just, I, I just can't buy into that. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, when I started and that was like my whole thing, like, Hey, I'm going to give essentially the client is in my pocket at all times. If I'm not asleep and you know, I like, I'll answer them as soon as I can. And when I started that, people were like, no, you, you can't do that. Work-life balance, blah, blah, blah. And then you look around and you're like, these guys aren't even busy that have these crazy rules. And we're in an industry that's so like there's so much emotion involved in it where your client might mess up like on a Tuesday. But if they can't talk to you till Friday, like what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. And I mean you're literally trying to sell a premium priced product and you're putting restrictions straight up on that. And it's like it's kind of backwards, right? And it's an intangible product too. Like it's not something that they get in the mail or they can, you know, they're going to get in two days from Amazon. Like you have to provide some sort of value and people are overpriced and they're automatically coming in from the outside of the nutrition and fitness industry. The first thing I noticed on all of these different sites is people selling products with restrictions. And it was so weird to see like right up front, they're telling you what you can't do instead of what you can do. And it's like the whole work-life balance thing. It's like if if that's your worry, maybe you're in the wrong business. Like may, people need help and you don't want to give it to them. You just want to make money in an industry you think you, you're supposed to be a part of, but you don't really want to be bothered. And that like kills me. And I wouldn't say you don't do anything. Like that that's the one thing where people are like so fucking worried about their time and work like balance, but you're still doing shit. You travel, like I don't you have a pool. <laughs> you do stuff. Well, like you're not unbalanced. Like you're kind of unbalanced. I think not. if you're very, very busy, two thousand if you're really, really busy, if you love what you do, work life balance no longer becomes a thing. Right. You don't care well, about it because you just love what the fuck you do about it. If you hit your job. Now now, now right. we talk, you, but, you I mean, just there's, said something. there's always like a piece to that too though that you can get rid of like if you get too busy that's a great problem to have so then we brought on people to kind of take some of that busyness away yeah. and now look where we are like yeah we wouldn't be able to manage this on our own so we you just hire people when you get there but yeah you have to put up some upfront you know blood sweat and tears a little bit you have to work the 80 hour weeks in loop yeah. you know to get to the 40 hour or less weeks it's and when when i was starting people would tell their friends like hey you can text this guy and he'll just get right back to you and i hope my old job isn't listening but i used to go hide in the bathroom and respond to people but uh, i was dude i was just on and i don't think enough people are really giving that access and i think they are now i think a lot of people are getting better at it so that's kind of a good thing overall for the industry this really goes to the next point we were going to talk about. Um, and guys, for anyone listening here, usually I just go over people's social media and I pick up a whole bunch of really relevant things. But uh, Mike and Mike here, they gave me a bunch of stuff that they really wanted to talk about. So this is the stuff that they're really passionate about. But you said every fitness pro says they care about people. That's a promise, a guarantee that you virtually see you unilaterally. Or at least I hope they all say it anyway. Um, but the actions and communication of some that we see says otherwise why does this exist <laughs> and what are the warning signs so people recognize it of on the fit pros who don't walk that talk i so i'll give my perspective and it's because i've joined a bunch just when i first started with mike just to get a feel for like what was out there i've done everything from just sole prop nutrition mm -hmm. fitness coaches all the way to weight watchers and other competitors of ours just to get a feel and see what they were doing. And I think the, the differentiators is that people don't give up on it. And like that's the true indicator if you're caring for somebody is 
when it's really hard, when somebody's not adhering, when they're giving you lines of bullshit in the in the emails and saying that they're doing something that they're really not, and you're taking that at face value instead of digging deeper and like really trying to get to the root of the problem and actually caring, like that's the difference between saying you care and actually caring. And I think that you can really tell because like although it's work, like the 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 work is so important because you're really changing people's lives and helping make them happier when they wake up, the, the work is that important. So you can kind of see through the bullshit once you join enough um, between the fakers and the people who actually give a crap. Yeah. And just the whole like internet marketer thing now, man, like it's, I see so many people like care about your clients, care about your clients. And then there's just like, everything they do is just like, it's like a game to get more clients. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like I, I just, I don't even know how, it's just like this feeling you have. You're just like, damn, man. Like, I know that dude isn't really like that. And there's probably people out there that think I'm not like that. But then when they meet me, they're like, holy shit, this dude's genuine. Like, he gives a shit. Like, my favorite thing to do is meet clients. Like, that's a huge part of my role now is like just connecting with people. And everyone's always like, oh, man, all you do is play on Facebook. It's like, do you know what this job is? This job is connecting with people and making them feel good. And I'm able to do that through Facebook, through the internet, through meetups. It's that shit is the most fun for me. And I know so many people that are like, I got into online business or online coaching. So I didn't have to deal with people I'm like, Good. dude, yeah. you're not, you're not an online coach. That's just the platform. If you're not meeting people or taking phone calls or just connecting like, dude, you're just like a robot on an internet and that's crappy. Well, it's essentially like all the businesses that try to scale in that sense yeah. of being automatic. Automatic means you're not you're not really part of the process. Like there's some right. things that could be automatic that will make it more efficient to be better. But yeah. there's a difference between like being fully automatic and taking on 2,000 clients and not meeting any of them to actually having 200 clients and being that person for every one of them personally. Right. Right. I think people think like automation and growth before they even have – 10 clients. And that's, you know, it's smart to think ahead and be like, well, crap, if this thing scales, how do I handle it? And in our case, like I could have jacked prices up insanely high, had a limited amount of clients. But the way I think of this whole thing is like our prices are extremely competitive. I would say we offer so much more for so much less. And I think a more quality product than most people. And we just let our, our marketing basically create itself through word of mouth results and things like that. So we don't have to charge a thousand dollars a month for what we do because it's just, we'll scale, we'll hire more, we'll grow that way. Who's he, Alessi? <laughs> He's like, no, that, I scaled it, man. I did all the back end. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't do everything. I just made it, I just made it so it was easier to scale. Like we're able to bring on all these coaches now and look, we're not perfect. Like we've grown quicker than we thought we did and we're still filling holes. And I think that's going to be the case, you know, as we continue to grow, but we're, we're, we want, so we, I look at it as we have two customers. We have our members of Stronger You or clients, and then we have our coaches too. And, and like, I need to make sure that we're doing what's right for them too. So right. they can come here and feel comfortable and just concentrate on coaching. So they don't have to worry about accounting and marketing and payroll and all the back-end customer service stuff and all that kind of crap they can just come it's a 
it's a cool place to, to work because you have access to all these other coaches and they can really just hone in on their coaching and helping people. And that was the one thing, and like this isn't like trying to get people to work for you, but it was like the client gets a better experience because you scaled. Because now right. coaches can come on as coaches and you have enough business that they can like quit their jobs essentially. And not all of them will quit their jobs, but they can focus on what you kind of set out to do. Because not everyone has to do it the way you started it up. And I think that a lot of people are stuck there and you've kind of created a platform to continue on the work just through sheer volume. Right. Like everyone, like they get into the industry because they want to coach people and help them. And when you're by yourself and you're not marketing and you're in like this sea of like internet marketing with the trying to sell on Facebook ads and like you don't want to meet people, it's like, how the hell do you do it? Like, how do you get in front of these clients? And like Alessi said, we, we kind of provide that, that whole system, like where coaches can do exactly what they want to do and it's just make people better. Let's go to the diet stuff. Uh, you, you guys be going with the anti everything. You kind of went on the premise of you guys are on the anti diet. So kind of just give our listeners a, a run through of how you work with clients and weight loss goals and performance within this concept of, of we'll call it anti diet. I know you don't coin that, but you do act and do it. Yeah, I don't. So it's, I guess it's not. The, it's the anti-diet by way of just getting people to eat in the correct amount. Because I, I don't think it's that people want to overeat or I just don't think they really realize that they're overeating. So I think we just provide a system for them to, with the coach, looking at a 30,000-foot view of their nutritional landscape and then really honing them in on what the right calorie balance is and then kind of expanding out from there. So we like to keep it simple at first. You know, stick with single, you know, macro foods that you can, you can, is easy, accessible and easy to count. And then we'll teach you kind of teach a man or woman how to fish instead of doing all the work for them. Like we don't provide meal plans. We provide the, the boundaries or I guess guardrails, as Mikey mm -hmm. likes to say, of what they should be eating. And then we're like, eat what you like within those amounts. Yes, you have to change a little bit. There's some things that you're going to have to give up, some things that you're going to have to tweak. But for the most part, you can eat like a normal, I put normal in quotations, person without giving up pizzas on Friday night with your family or feeling like a piece of crap because you had a half a cup or half a pint of Ben and Jerry's on Sunday night. Like all these things are workable. We don't demonize any foods. There's nothing that's restricted. And you just, you, at the end of the day, you feel good because you ate what you liked and you're also losing weight. And it's kind of like this magic thing that starts to happen in people's mindset, which is hard to get out of other diets because they're just so restrictive and they're, they just place a lot of stress. I think, your diet. I think like a lot of diets just make people feel like shit if they mess up and yeah, yeah we'll, we'll tell our clients like, Hey man, you, you got to stop doing that. But here's how you can make it work. Here's what you need to do. Why don't we look back at the moments before you messed up and work on those? Is it work stress? Is it family stress? Is it, you didn't sleep? Are you not hydrated? Like, did you have a crappy workout and it stressed you out? Why are all these things happening? Let's fix, let's fix that crap because it's not about like just food. It's like this whole, everyone has their own little food personality. They have reasons why they eat things. They have reasons to do it or not do it. And that's like just getting to know our clients and getting deep in there, which is, you know, why we're so connected because we can really handle that stuff. That's what people need, man. How are, oh, oh. 
two-part question. Uh, are a lot of your guys' clients people that you sort of, quote, are rescuing from previously doing fad diets or other restrictive ideologies? And how do you take someone who's been in that place, stuck in that yo-yo loop, and bring them out of it into normal, like, the thinking the way that you guys want people to think? So, yeah, I think um, most of our clients are people that have like pretty much tried everything and, you know, maybe had some success, but are kind of looking for that, you know, the the unicorn of nutrition, which, you know, we like to think we have it. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're a little bit of everything. They tried everything. Um, and don't get me wrong. We have like higher level athletes and things like that. But for the most part, it's people that just need to see that this this isn't as difficult as the other guys are saying. So what, I'm sorry, what was the other question too? Um, how do you change, well, how do you change the mind of people that come in and they're like, I tried everything, but like keto is the fucking way, Mike, like, what are you, you going to do? Like, how, how, do you, how are you different, man? How do you undo that type of thinking, that yo-yo thinking and the indoctrination that sometimes comes along with it? Dude, that is, that is like the hardest thing in the world because I think people treat, like treat their beliefs like it's like. It's like this ingrained thing where they they can't possibly remove emotion from it. If they think keto is the thing, then keto is the thing. And proving someone that it isn't is really hard. But all you can do is give really good resources, give information, and show them that that might not be the best. And here's why. Unless he's like, I'm keto. Anything to add to that? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say it. Like, I'm... So like people like Mike said, like it's ingrained and like they actually equate it to almost like a religious thing. Like they say, I'm keto, I'm vegan. Like it's not, I eat keto or I eat vegan. Like it's, that's who you are. And it's, it's, it's really hard to change that because they have been marketed to and they've been fed all of these stories about, you know, like keto, for example, like you're burning fat as fuel and like all these like crazy, cool sounding buzzwords and stuff like that and it's it's almost like doing a disservice to all them because they're it's just misleading and it's taking them away from the actual point which is science has proven that it's it's a calorie thing and you got to get there and regardless of how you eat or what your style of your preference of style of eating is you still need to go back to the calories thing. yeah And, and a lot of people will ask us they're like well mike you have so many coaches how do you get them all on board with your ideology and i'm like oh you mean nutritional science like <laughs> well that this is what it is like there's and you know some people will say well what happens when the next big thing comes out and i said what do you mean we found it the issue isn't how to diet or the issue isn't like the style of dieting it's like how do you get people to do it that's the that's the thing we're fixing and the one weird thing and not even weird is that kind of this argument happens on the platform of Facebook and like I'll just yeah. use Spencer Nadolski for example he's just fucking right in there like dropping signs <laughs> bombs favorite. on stuff and that's like his that's his war zone I don't even see you pop up in that yet you have 20,000 lifetime clients but we know kind of the back end work of what you guys do but you don't have to tell it to do it you're almost just doing it and then showcasing it so it's just kind of interesting that that's where most people are getting these ideologies is in the trenches. And you guys are just like kind of outside looking okay. in, just doing your thing. And it's, it's just not yeah. like and you I was, hire some coach I was and they there, turn man. out to like, be a keto zealot or something like that. You're like, oh shit, we fucking hired a keto zealot. That doesn't no. happen. No, go ahead. No, we have assessments and we have hiring processes in place where n- none of those guys are slipping through the cracks. Yeah. And 
And in those like trenches of social media where everybody's just arguing in the revolving door, um, it, you know, those people aren't ready. Like the people that come to us, we're like they're ready yeah. to try something different because those things they 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 tried it and it's it's not working. And sometimes yeah, they come in and they're scared of carbs if they're coming from a, a keto diet or whatever. You know, they're scared of processed Sugar. processed foods yeah. because they're coming from a paleo background or whatever. And it's like they're they're here because they they heard about us. They yeah. know how we kind of constructed the program and they're ready to and they're open for something new so it's like kind of pointless and a waste of our time to go into those trenches and argue with people that aren't ready like we want to help people that are ready and are ready to help themselves you'll never convince someone something if they don't want to believe it it's impossible have you guys had any snake diet survivors come your way just yet I honestly haven't seen any snake diet people. Um, They're they're probably like four other diets between us and them before (laughs) they actually make it this way. He's uh, that guy's actually local here. We try. We don't give any airtime. I think it might be the first time I've ever referred to it specifically. I I remember people saying like they didn't want to mention the name because they didn't want to give him like YouTube hits and stuff. Uh, He's he's out there and he appeals to an extreme. a very extreme mindset. I've actually met him in person. He's a very odd individual, to say the least. But I, I think he very much does believe what he's doing. On either end of those extreme spectrums, they have to be weird. You got to be a little weird to be hanging out at those extremes. You have to be. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, are those the best people to give dieting advice? Like, they're at that like crazy bookend extreme. Like, that's not a good place to be. You shouldn't take advice from people that just are hard and fast in their mindset and have no open-mindedness to other possibilities. That's he also brags about having no education or certification either, which is <laughs> yeah. fucking terrifying. I mean, yeah, that's... Uh, that's the battle, though. Because I don't think... like We say, would you? And I think that the answer is, for a lot of people, yeah, they would believe that. Because it's sexy, it's easy. It's, it's that old back to the conversation of it's fast and it's easy and it kind of makes sense, let's fucking do it. And I think that's where people are at at the beginning because like you said, there's four diets between that and then they get to this stage. And I think there's a, that's a yeah. process for a lot of people. Yeah, people want things to be more difficult. Like we'll give people their their stuff when they sign up and you know, it's it's a bunch of stuff they have to read and review, but they're like that's it. Like that's that's all I have to do. Like why didn't you tell me this? Why didn't you tell me that? How do I handle It's like that doesn't matter. Do this. Do this consistently. Watch what happens and then we could talk about other things. But when people want everything now, it's like now we probably have with all the coaching and like the education that our people have, our, our coaches, there's 200 plus years of experience in there. We can't deliver that immediately and we don't have to because it doesn't matter. When you don't advertise it either. Like I'm not right. – you don't say, hey, like this is all going to – like I would say you almost advertise the opposite of that. Right. So despite the fact that Alessi actually snuck the word in in context, why do you guys hate the word macros? I mean, I I joke about it. It's like, it just means food, man. Like everyone's like, I'm out of macros. This is macros. That's macros. And I'm like, "Ah, it's like this, it's, and it's becoming like this thing that people think it's a diet. And it's like, it's not a diet. It's just an amount of food. It just means protein, fats, and carbs. And then I'll see clients. It's so funny. They'll like tag us or something. They'll say, this is my macros coach. And I'm like, no, like we handle so much more than that. How would you? So, of course, poor Alberto Alvarez, who was on our podcast not too long ago. He's the macro wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's great. It's it's great for attention, right? Like I kind of don't care about like, like advertising that 
But I think it's like one of those things that if you tag macros on Instagram or look for it, you're like, oh, that's the guy. This is the guy. They do that thing. But I just think it like it kind of like diminishes what it actually is. Well, and, and I suppose this is actually a really good opportunity to say this too. There's a ton of really great, credible fitness professionals, nutrition professionals, some of whom I would bet Elaine Norton and Sohi Lee would be two good examples, have heavily influenced what you guys do who routinely use the word. A lot of times I think what you're talking about is just the context and the way it's presented and now the way that the end user is throwing the word around versus what it actually is. And it gets frustrating where a lot of things that mean what they mean get bastardized um, and thrown around as marketing in our industry. You can use the right. word like, uh, what is it, functional in fitness. I mean, Jesus Christ, we all have that phase where we just fucking hate the way that commercial gyms, this, the old gym I used to work at, they would do tours, and of course, there'd be the area where the TRXs and the kettlebells are. It's like, this is the functional area. Okay, cool. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it's, the it's like an exciting word, right? Yeah. It's like toning. Yeah, toning. That's toning, <laughs> yeah. Like, we know what it means, right? We, we get it. I, let, um, let, let's go there, actually. So, like, we're talking about words. And right. this, we're, we're, for anyone who doesn't know, we're kind of, um, myself, my business partner, Anthony, and the mics, we're, we're getting into Stronger You Fitness. Anyways, he had this post on the internet saying, thank God I don't listen to anyone in the fitness industry because they would tell me using the word toned is stupid or something like that. And you're like, yeah. I'm just going to use tone because people fucking understand it. And th there's like attachments to words that like really, it's it's more about the user than what your friends in the fitness industry think. Like they don't pay your bills. Right. And like way early on, man, I was like obsessed with like wondering what some of these guys thought of me. And then I'm like, why the hell do I care? Like, obviously I'm not, I'm not here to pick fights. I, I love these guys, but I'm not here to please them. I'm here to please the people that work for us and the clients we serve. And if saying toning is like offensive and someone wants to like say, well, don't you know what that means? Like you can't tone, you can't do this. It's like, yeah, but they just want to see their muscles. Like, and saying tone is so much easier than saying lose fat and reveal your muscle. Like, we you all we all know what it actually means, and you know if you right. want if you want to be that trainer who sits in a consultation with a total stranger, and they say, oh, you know, you ask them about their goals, and they say, oh, I want to I want to get toned, and if you're that trainer that turns around and then proceeds to explain to them what why toned isn't a thing, if that's that important to you, I can assure you, you just lost that sale because you right. made the person feel stupid. That's one of the worst things you can possibly do, and then you're not helping anyone, you're not getting paid. So I would tell anyone to try to discard that type of thinking right away. It's not serving you. Right. And, and like everyone's goal that comes to us is lose fat, build muscle. Am I going to sit here and say your goal doesn't make sense? Actually, what you need to do is probably lose fat and then work on building muscle. Like people are going to be like, oh shit, like this is like a, you know, this is an insane process. And he already made me feel stupid. And, and most of the time when people come with those goals, that's just the goals that they know how to articulate right, to yeah. you. Like what they really mean most of the time is I work out hard and I'm still fluffy. Like I just want to look like I work out. Like that's well, what they really well, mean. And we have the funny thing. actually have to be like a discernible measurement of how much muscle they built. They want to look like they work out. Right. And we had the funny discussion because I, th I think we were like thinking of words to put up and we're texting each other like I was looking through the thesaurus and looking at it and all the words didn't make sense and we still came to the conclusion like tone made the most sense. I don't give a shit about the science. Like there was no right. one word. Like they were, they were, the words were horrible. 
And no one is going to confuse you for Tracy Anderson or any of the, the more well-known charlatan types in our industry <laughs> yeah. use that word. So uh, your book yeah. is, if you let's put it this way, if you write a book and it's sitting on the bookshelf in the, in the section of, I guess, what Barnes & Noble down the U.S. chapters oh. up here, and it's sitting right next to a Tracy Anderson book, I would actually say that's a good thing. Maybe My, somebody would actually pick yours up instead of this. I always get one good business idea. This is going to be our book. It's going to be called Toned. <laughs> in the future after it all blows the fuck up it's gonna be called tone everyone's gonna like oh man that's a good one uh bring it back evolution of this though so let's dig a little deeper and and alessi you can jump in when when did you stop caring about what fit pros think because I, I would assume that it wasn't always like that you know what i mean because once you kind of grow into yeah. your own name you're starting to realize like hey these guys are just normal dudes like when did you come to that conclusion and change your thought you know process I think when I actually got respect from people that I was respectful of, and it sounds kind of backwards because like I didn't care once I got it, but I did care leading up to it. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say like exactly when that time was, but you kind of think like you're looking around and you're like, this guy probably hates me. He thinks I'm a shithead. He thinks I suck. I don't know anything. And you kind of get like, you know, imposter syndrome in this industry is a real thing. And I definitely have that. Yeah, I mean, and I, since I was not really ingrained in the fitness nutrition industry before now, I don't think I ever cared what anybody else thought. So I kind of came with a different perspective. Um, I have a lot of like of the Amazon leadership principles and values, like be obsessed with the customer, always, you know, start with the customer and work backwards and everything else will reveal itself. Like it doesn't matter. Like you don't talk to the wrong person. Right. So it's like if you're trying to please fit pros or other people like your peers and that's not the right thing for your business then you're not doing the best for the customer. I think it's an epidemic in this industry. I think most people that are trying to coach people aren't even talking to their clients and it's kind of crazy when you look at it. You're like, wow, that post is for everybody else, yeah. like his colleagues. Like why is he doing that? This and I think, sorry. I think part of it is like they get, they get like self-conscious that they're, their information is going to be like so stupid simple that it's going to offend another fit pro that has a PhD. Like who gives a shit, man? Like sometimes people need simple. All I say, my advice is just have a friggin' personality, man. Like when you post, have a personality. Don't just post like go park farther away from the grocery store and get some steps. Yay. Like, come on, man. Like, do something. Add some personality to that. It's just a lot of lazy advice. Yeah. Well, and the one of the cool things is it's also shocking the way you do it. Like, I think people see that and because it's been done so differently in our industry, we'll call it the fitness industry, that it is almost like in your face, even though it's like, it seems normal once you explain it. But the one thing to learn here is like, you talked about Amazon concepts. Those are probably good concepts to kind of gravitate towards if you know that Amazon's fairly successful. And it's right. almost like, where the fitness industry almost doesn't mimic some of these companies that are doing those things. It, it's it's just wild. I don't know if it's because it's the infancy of the industry. It gets, it seems just bonkers when you actually put it two and two together. Like it makes no sense. I think a lot of um, fit pros mimic other fit pros that yeah. appear to be successful. Uh, mm -hmm. They don't think that they can get advice from like the dentists or the Amazons or the, I don't know, like the opposite of how you're treated at DMV. Like they just look, well, this fit <laughs> looks successful. His his website looks cool. He's got a lot of followers. He must be killing it. I'm going to do that. But it's like you, like when we started, I didn't even know that shit existed. 
And then I saw like I did see these guys with 200,000 followers and I'm like, damn, they must be killing it. And then they're like, dude, I can't get clients. Can, can you hire me? And I'm like, what is happening? I, I had the same realization. I came from teaching. Like I wasn't deep in powerlifting when I was teaching, but I didn't see what I joined when I was there. So I had a different perspective because like people are even Andrew's like, listen, do you know this guy? Do you know this guy? I'm like, don't have a fucking clue, but we're going to do a podcast and I meet all these people. And I didn't have that. I don't want to say veil pulled over, but like when you actually meet these people without seeing all the other shit, you realize that what's out there and presented in social media isn't necessarily the truth. Like it is truthful to some extent, but it's, there's a behind the scenes part that a lot of people don't see. And we're just all the same shit. It's just right. that image you can drive. So I don't know. It's just kind of cool coming from the outside looking in. I find more uh, and more now that I am rejecting a lot of what I'm seeing on social media. I've written about this numerous occasions about uh, the false sense of reality, uh, the portrayal of this wonderful life, and, and the effect it can actually have on you as a person when you see all these images. And what I noticed recently as I've been you know, just going through some bumpy stuff, <coughs> then... I'm actually far more impacted by it than I thought. And I see a lot of this like positive, happy, wonderful shit. And it makes you actually kind of, you can feel quite hollow and alone in, in those down moments that you have by yourself. And I'm starting to say, okay, well, I got to really tune this shit out because number one, this is not reality, at least on a mass scale. I think there's some genuinely happy people sharing pieces of their lives, but a lot of this stuff is very curated and very yeah. crafted. Uh, some of what we see in our industry and it looks like all these people have these great lives and it can actually do some serious harm to you if you allow it to. So I think it's just so, so important. I'm getting off on a tangent here to be very guarded against how the stuff you're seeing on social media will make you feel. And the like you're talking about, the illusion yep. of success. You know, we have a lot of fitness professionals who listen to this. And some of them are newer and some of them are trying to get themselves established. Two thoughts. One, some of the people that you are seeing there is this very strong illusion of the success that they have. And two, and I've noticed this too, there's this huge, huge focus now, especially for younger, newer trainers, to really curate and make their social media look incredible. I think that mm -hmm. can be very valuable when you're marketing yourself, but I really also hope that you're spending the time to craft your skill set and do what you guys are doing. Build a reputation and get the word of mouth going. My career has always been extremely successful, largely because of referral and word of mouth. I've mm -hmm. never been someone who has curated my social media. I write on it, Facebook a lot. I think a lot of people get something from that. But I, I just suck you're, at this. You're not a curated look. Yeah, I'm really not. You wear sleeveless. He's like kind of like you, Mike. Don't lie. <laughs> just wears the same shirt every day. Like You can't hide that. And <laughs> <laughs> no. rant yeah, anyway. I so. completely agree. And I think um, one of the things that it's like, it's really cool for someone to like come to me and be like, man, I love your story. You're inspiring me to do like what I always wanted to do. But it also scares the shit out of me because I don't want to be the reason someone goes all in on something yeah. and realizes it's so much harder than they thought. And like we are we are very fortunate that we are getting in front of so many people, but it is in no way normal what's happening yeah. here. And I, I get, we, we almost get the same, like just recently people like talk about the podcast. Oh, I want to do my own podcast. What do you think? Or like, Hey, I want to quit my job and do this. And I'm like, don't listen to what I, it, it is scary. Cause you, you, I, I can't co-sign on that. I can't right. co-sign on the way I did things. Cause I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't want to call it luck, but <laughs> the work involved in doing some of these very rash things could also have huge consequences had they failed. You yeah, and I, I tell a lot of people, like, they're like, should I get into the industry? And it's a little, like, backwards because I ended up doing it. But I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, it's 
probably not what you think it is. It's like you got, you got to have a plan before you do anything, right? There's just such a low barrier to entry into the industry. You know, you can take a couple hour course online, get a certification and call yourself a nutritionist. Like there's, you know, it's not a protected word and you can just, you can now market yourself as such. And so I think people think that's the easy part. And as soon as they can call themselves that, then all of a sudden, like people are going to be knocking down their door because everybody wants to lose weight. And that's not the case. Like you have to have a well thought out plan on what you're actually going to do before you leave any, you know, job that you're not fulfilled at. Yeah, that, that certification is probably the, the least valuable part of your successful training business. It's a piece of paper that allows you to do it. That's about it. This it, opens up something I think would actually be really good to discuss. I suppose I can think about our episode with Chad Hargrove, and he mentions the book, uh, So Good They Can't Ignore You. The premise of the book is really less about follow your passion, but just find a passion within what you're doing and just master it and apply yourself to it. I think this might be surprisingly true, but uh, I didn't follow a passion for fitness to enter the industry. And a lot of people who know me would probably look at that and go, oh, you followed your dreams. About it. It's like, no, I was doing some other bullshit. And then I kept <laughs> going to this gym where a buddy of mine that I knew from my old bullshit job, which is a casino poker dealer, happened to be there. And his trainer kept bugging me because I was jacked and in shape. He's like, yeah, you should come work here. And I said no a few times. And finally, I'm like, all right, fuck it. Well, I'm looking for a change anyway. And so I tried it. My first week, I was mortified. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm fucking overwhelmed. This is intense. And I got through that part. And then pretty quickly, they filled me up with clients. And somehow, I just kept staying busy. I I look back and I probably don't even... If I had to watch a video of me as a trainer my first six months, I probably would shoot myself right now. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, as an entry-level trainer, I probably knew a lot and did a pretty good job. There were things that I think worked. Fast forward a few years, whatever, you know, I really have fallen in love with this stuff, really immersed myself in learning everything I could get my, my hands on. I've always sort of been that way. I was really good at the referral side of stuff and the people side of stuff. And where we are now, this is eight years for me doing this. I would never have imagined coming out of university going, hey, this is what I want to do and this is the career trajectory. A lot of this stuff happened by chance, luck. I wrote a post about this yesterday. Um, good fortune and taking opportunities when they presented themselves. Huge luck. So for you know, new trainers who like really are passionate they want to do this stuff, guys, put your heads down and actually master this stuff. Get really goddamn good at it and don't expect to be where someone who's been in the industry for, like you look at a Dean Somerset, the guy's been, what, he's been doing this for 15 or 16 years. Yeah. And he, you're not going to be on even footing with that guy and his level of success and notoriety within two, three months because you have a really crafted social media game. So right. you got to fucking put your head down and work. I don't, I think a lot of people lose that. And that's why it's hard to co-sign on. Like you said, should I join the fitness industry? I love it. Like, sure but like i'm not going to sugarcoat what it is like it's not what you think it's usually not yeah. that's like anything but it's not what you think yeah we have a lot of people that will um be very new to the program and they'll get a feel for like how it feels to actually change someone's life and they're like i want to do this how do i do it i love helping people and i'm like well there's a million ways you can help people i don't know if getting certified and trying to be a coach is the way to do it my, my thing is i would you know, go volunteer, go, go take care of someone in that way. This doesn't just because you like helping people doesn't mean you have to like be a trainer. A lot of the, a lot of great, especially people who do nutrition online started out helping their friends for free as a sideline. Mm -hmm. 
a good friend of ours, uh, his name is Jordan Coburn, and uh, he hasn't even promoted himself as such, but he's actually quite busy now doing it as a second thing that he likes. He's helped friends and doing this stuff for several years without ever really saying, oh, I'm going to jump into the industry and make money out of this stuff. So consider that. It's that cliche term, though. It's like that whole, like, if, you're, if, you, if money is the end goal, like, it never, no one ever ends up being happy. And, like, that sounds super stupid. Like, oh, it's not about the yeah. money. Like, because it is about a plan because you need money to survive. But if you're going in it for the money, guaranteed you're probably going to fuck it up or you're going to end up selling business advice. Five right. steps to scaling a business. Sorry, yeah. unless he's about to get deep. No, I was just gonna say, like, I, I think that's one of the major problems I see is like these sole prop type nutrition or fitness coaches come up. They have their certification, they see what others charge, and they instantly outprice themselves. So it's without ever being worth that amount of money. So when Mike starts, I forget what he started at, like it seventy was, bucks. No, bucks. it was one hundred and twenty dollars for twelve weeks. One hundred and twenty dollars for twelve weeks, <laughs> way under, way underpriced, right? For like what the service he was given, but like that's where you have to start. You have to get show someone the value before you start charging three ninety nine, four ninety nine, thousand dollars, whatever, for these services. Like no one knows who you know. John Doe fitness is like, who are you? Like, what have you done for anybody else? Like you have nothing to back up that you're even worth the price that you're charging. So it's also making sure that the value matches what you're charging. And right now, you know, we've earned the right to charge the amount that we have because we've added all that value. We have a recipe dude on staff. We have the coaching platform. We have the network of people in our Facebook group. We have recipe books. We have the nutrition guides, like there's all these additional yeah, things that PhD, we give. PhD, director of educational resources. Like we have – and adding all that, we didn't even raise our prices. I was just say you're not so, even overpriced. <laughs> dude, yeah. Um, there's – I can confidently say there's nothing out there that is offering what we offer for anywhere close to what we're offering it for. Yeah. I mean so the point is is just like make sure that you're priced the right way. Yeah. I'm not trying to create our competition here. No, but I, I no. think a lot of people are like, well, how many clients do I need to earn a living? And then they start doing that that math in their yeah. head. And they're like, well, I need – if I charge this much, I can do it for seven clients. And then they're like, but dude, you don't have one client. Just get that first. Work on that. Like give them everything you got and they will grow your business. The one – yeah, go. Okay. No, I was going to say there's this other piece to it too where like everybody starts online. They want to turn this into a virtual business and work from home and everything. But the part of the story that Mike didn't tell today is that like like he put hours on the road going to different CrossFit gyms and gyms and talking to people in person. And like there was a lot of legwork. Like, you know, it's what, – what, what did I call it? It was like the overnight success three years in the making because he was doing all this other stuff. And to people on the outside, it seemingly was just like, oh, shit, this dude got lucky. He's got a pool now. Like that. I mean whatever people want to say. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, uh, I know what I did. I, I had a full-time job, a new relationship, and 350 active clients, and it turned <laughs> into this. So I know – and everyone around us knows the amount of work and effort and attention that takes. I think a big key takeaway too for a lot of the fitness pros we'll call it, uh, listening is 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 that game you're talking about when they're how much I could charge this to make it a full time thing and that's where if you're new to this industry I don't think I think you have to build it up to be a full time thing and if you're smart you have other sources of income because then you can actually focus on your worth because it's really hard when people are trying to survive and I think you get into that game and that's why they get chewed up and spit out once it's done because they think that it's going to pay all their bills right away and it's not to say that it can't. 
But if your sole purpose is money, you're going to be stressed to the tits and you won't be able to produce yeah. that end product. And maybe some people are outliers yeah. and they can, but that's really hard ask. I don't know. Dude, it's, it's hard, man. And like everyone wants to like that does this, that wants to quit their like full-time gig. Like on month two, I was, I was making enough where I could have done it. But I didn't quit until 10 months after that because I wasn't sure this was actually real. I'm like, there's no way. This is going to stop. It's going to stop. And that hasn't changed, by the way. Yeah, I, every day I'm like, yo, dude, are we, are we okay? Are we going out of business? <laughs> like, what, what's going on? Um, but, like, I waited a year. And it was, like, on paper, most people, if they saw, like, month two, they would have been like, I'm out. I'm, I'm going to do it. But you can't rush that. You have to make sure everything's in place where it actually makes sense. And – a lot of times, like, I, I probably wasn't ready to quit at that time. Maybe I could have made it work, but I think waiting and learning and absorbing everything I did made it actually a lot easier because I waited. Did you find that holding your job allowed you to de-stress? Because I think that a lot of people stress about money. Was keeping your job a way to keep you less stressed to be more there for your clients? If that makes sense? Yeah. So I think it, and I talked to a couple of our coaches who have like busy family lives. They are so organized because they have to be. So there's like, no, you can't be like flighty with stuff. When you have a full-time job, like you have to get things done at certain times. You have to be able to make all those things happen very smoothly and seamlessly for the clients. So that like knowing I had to do it was awesome for me. Well, fellas, I've got two of you. So we get two for one books. Uh, do you guys, we always ask everybody this. Some of our people are probably like, I don't give a shit about books is the part where they turn it off. Um, oh, man. Have you guys about books? I like books. A lot of our guests do. Mike Howard is fucking fantastic for books. So is Mark Fisher. If you like books, like follow those guys. Oh yeah. Fuck, they're good. Uh, have you guys read anything profound uh, that's really influenced you professionally or personally? And each of you guys uh, give us one at least. Um, so I'm kind of funny. I, uh, I buy like a million books and I, I mean well when I buy them, <laughs> but I rarely read them because I just make up excuses that I'm like too busy to do it. Um, but two books, um, the name, they're very short reads, but they like, dude, they fire me the hell up. It's called, um, by Austin Cleon. They're super short. It's uh steal like an artist and show your work. Basically like the first one, steal like an artist is like, everything's pretty much been done. And especially in this industry, like what we can do is just package all the good parts up that everyone's doing well and give that to people. And then show your work is just like, talk about your shit. Like, don't be scared to put it out there. So many people miss out on success because they're scared of what someone's going to think about something they post. That shit makes me like want to like throw up because it's so depressing that success is there but they're scared to talk about it or show it or just put their shit out there so those are those are two of mine that i i like it's okay he he gave us two it's actually just one mike so <laughs> i'm less, the rules less, here, right i'm uh shaking Leslie, he took your book recommendation you I, don't get another one i said at least it's fine fine <laughs> So he'll use the set, the two books. I'll go against the grain, and I won't give a book. But I've mentioned them earlier in the podcast. But if they're available online, you can search for it. Just search for Amazon Leadership Principles. Yeah. Read those and start applying some of that stuff to your own business or just your work in general. And I guarantee you that there will be some major upticks in success if you're actually doing the things that they said. I mean, it had... 
if anything I got out of Amazon was actually applying these leadership principles and they make so much sense. They're kind of simple in theory, but I think there's 13 of them unless they added some more. But these, they're great little tidbits and just keep you on your toes in terms of like what doing what's best for the customer. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it makes a world of difference when you look at it from a customer perspective and work backwards from there. I think that's, yeah, a, I think, that, um, that's an okay, we'll, we'll let it slide. That's actually really good. Yeah. There's such a lot to be said about just doing what's right for the customer. And a lot of people in the industry have these like crazy policies that they adhere to. And I'm like, wait, like this person bailed on week six and they want to come back and use that time and you won't let them like, dude, that was free money for you. Let them use the time, like give them what they want and they're going to be so happy. And it's, dude, it's crazy to me, man. It's, it's nuts. One point I'll make too is, you know, we, we ask about books, but it's actually about the information, the knowledge. And like sometimes because I consume books voraciously and every once in a while, someone makes a point. It's like, Oh, don't you think it's better to just like, read one book at a time and like digest it and take all the stuff out of it. Now, sometimes I think that's a very authentic question. Sometimes I think it's, it's actually prompted by people who don't read very much. And there's sort of a little bit of like this feeling, Oh, I should do that. So I'm going to invalidate in a politically correct sort of way. Someone who reads a lot, but it's, it's not really actually about, you know, the books themselves or be like, Hey, look at all the books I've read. It's about absorbing knowledge or really good information from it, which is actually one of the reasons why I go through so many, because I'll take pieces out of them. I don't need to memorize the entire yeah. book, but I'll take pieces and principles. And usually most of these books, there's one or two really critical things that you can take away from it. And if you apply it, then the book is just about reinforcing it. And I can get through that stuff pretty fast. So no, I like that the Amazon uh, leadership principles, I'm going to go look at that online because I'm very curious. I'll, uh, I'll go a step further too and say, I, you know, to bail on bad books. Like if you're reading a book oh, yeah. that doesn't make any sense, just bail. Like I do it, I do it all the time. Maybe, maybe more often than I'd like to admit, but like if it's, I'm not getting something out of it right away, like why waste my time, you know, seeing it through? Amazon, so I'm not afraid to bail on bad shit. Amazon yeah. lets you return your book if you don't like <laughs> yes. it. They, they, you know what? Maybe that's like your guys' principles are starting to sound very similar to them. Like give the customer what they want. I lo- you're basically Amazon of freaking nutrition, for I, sure. I mentioned this somewhere else. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or, or on Facebook or something, but um, I've only ever returned two books. One was Finding Your Why, which is a, a just a cash-in bullshit follow-up to Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Start With Why is a great book. Everyone should read it. I think it's wonderful. It's easily digested. Finding Your Why is written by his team, and it's just an... Eh, fuck, what a waste of goddamn time and money. <laughs> just, just, I, I shut that down. Really quickly. I think it's like the cool thing to do in Fit Pro circles to like read a bunch of books yeah, and like totally I is. get it. There are a lot of good tidbits in there, but then you just start you start getting too many influences, and then you might stop following your well, gut. You got to go to the next. I don't know. The way I've looked at it is like once you kind of got through the bullshit books about like the surface level stuff, which is fine. There's like yeah. universal concepts. Then you got to go to the real shit, which everyone's releasing the easy books about the easy stuff. You got to go dig deeper for the hard the stuff. The other one that I, I stopped reading midway through was, um, was it own the day, own your life. It was, uh, the founder of on it. And already oh, hit it. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that on, on it, they do what they do. And I know a lot of people who really buy into on it stuff. That's cool. But this book is dreadfully awful. Like, <laughs> fuck. It's terrible. There's one <laughs> useful piece of advice in it. And it's just to drink a glass of water when you get up, but of course, even that comes with make sure there's lemon in it and some fucking Himalayan salt or some shit. And he's talking about like manipulating 
cold, the extreme cold temperatures in the shower for exact amounts of time. And then there was one part where he's talking about the use of nicotine beneficially. And like he, he he's very explicit to say don't smoke cigarettes, but talking about nicotine and it's like brain enhancing function. I'm just like, what the actual fuck is this stuff? It is so full of cherry picked pseudoscientific crap. That, I was just my, astonished. I'm like, fuck this. The, so mics I just, the mics just recommended that book. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> oh, you know what I, will, what I will recommend, though? Because another thing is like to, to break the mold of like the fit pro thing and <laughs> having to hire these business coaches that don't actually coach your business or look at your business objectively and give advice. Just pick up some textbooks. Go learn how, Go learn the basics of theory and marketing and accounting and all the shit that you need to know to run a business and then hire a business coach. Yeah. Oh man. I, I, I love it. I, honestly, I think everyone gave a good rant today. It's been, it's been a good one. We went exactly where we wanted to. Okay. I hope we didn't piss anybody off. Oh, oh God. If we pissed anybody at, off. At, this, at this point, like you pissed off people. I've seen it. Oh yeah. With I'm, every cat post, I'm sure you pissed. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, just in I'm general. The cats. How can you dare post that? Don't you know this? Like people oh, are gonna get mad about a lot of stuff if you can't logically laugh at some of this shit. Like everyone knows. It's like we're saying stuff that people will get mad at, but they know it's funny. <laughs> yeah, and unless he taught me well, he says uh, you can't please everyone. No. So uh, that was always my thing. I'm like, nope, I'm gonna make everybody happy. And it's like, holy shit, man, it's impossible. <laughs> so my whole theory now is like. Make as many people happy as you can without pissing off a lot of people. So nothing is going to work well for every single person. But if it's if it works for the greater good of everyone, that's that's the way we're going to go. I like it. Um, easiest place to consume you guys, social media wise, or just how do they find Stronger You and what you guys are all about? Uh, Instagram at Stronger You. Thank you, Tanner Bays, for taking that over and growing our following and making pretty memes and stuff. Yeah. Um, He's doing awesome with that. My personal Instagram is at mdola. And then strongeryou.com will give you all information that you need. And if you have any questions, info at strongeryoufit.com. Yeah. These guys do really great work. So guys, you know, follow them. Be aware of what they're doing. There's not a single person that we set out to bring them on the podcast without wanting all of you guys to actually get to know them a lot more for the people who've been our longtime listeners. For anyone who is actually hearing us for the first time because you guys are following either of the mics or Stronger You in general, uh, you may go back and find that we've got some really cool stuff you might be interested in. We mentioned how we've had Josh Chitron on a podcast episode. There's three, actually. Nick yeah. Sorrell and Robbie Farlow, three of your guys' coaches. And if you go through the list of all of the people we've had on this show, you're going to look at the industry's who, who, who's who. It has been just I can't even believe what we've been to do so far. So yeah. I hope you really like it. I hope you check out at least one more of our episodes. And if you really like us there, um, a like, a share, a subscribe, uh, post in the comments and wherever you find it on social media, pump the posts. This stuff all helps us out because then more people hear all the cool shit we're trying to create here. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give yep. you guys a thumbs up too. I, I listen to very few podcasts. There's just so much shit out there, but you guys do have the, one of the better yeah. fitness, nutrition Aww. You guys do great at this yeah. stuff. It is it is clear you are fine tuned and uh, very <laughs> practiced. It's 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 very quality. Yeah, it's I love it. I'm oh. gonna end that on. You don't even know. Peace. <laughs>
Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 56 of the Fitness Devil Podcast. Today we brought on the founders of Stronger You, Mike Dola and Mike Alessi. Well, maybe you've heard of these guys, they're doing some pretty incredible things in the industry and we're going to get into a discussion about how Stronger You works, their unique vision behind creating it, how they hate the word macros and why, how they built a business on the premise of an, of an anti-diet and how they sell long-term sustainable in a sea of fast and easy. It's a really great episode. These guys are super fun and it gets pretty ranty towards the end. So stick around for this one. Enjoy.